From Largo to Seminole, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good Monday morning to you. AM Tampa Bay here, pollulating with information and entertainment. And if you want to get on board here, you can join us at 800-969-9352. This is a vacation day here. Jack and Jason Berenger holding things down here. In fact, you're going to be here all week, right, Jason? I think Katie's going to be back tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm in all week, but Katie will be back tomorrow. Yeah, but I think you're also filling in for Verlander. I'll have to check. Yeah, the whole week? Well, I hope so. Anyway, it is Jason and Jack's show here today. And again, if you want to join us, call us at 800 969 9352. And of course, the um, big story over the weekend gun control, gun changes, gun laws, gun reform. It is certainly taken uh, center stage at the Mark March for Our Lives rallies all across the Bay Area, in fact, all across the country, and a lot of controversy regarding it. Um, probably the most extreme is the leftist activist and filmmaker Michael Moore, who uh, on Friday on his podcast called for a repeal of the Second Amendment in the wake of the Uvalde, Texas school shooting. Uh, Moore said, I know that there are Democratic Party leaders who don't want me saying this because we're going to lose the election, but... He went on, I make no apologies because I understand the history of this country. I don't think we should be afraid to say this. Repeal the Second Amendment. And that's it. That's what we need to do. Start a movement to repeal it and place it, replace it with something that says it's not about the right of someone to own a gun, the right of all of us to be protected from gun violence. We have a right to live. And he concluded, nearly 70% of us do not own a firearm. We don't own a gun. We're not a nation of gun owners. The 30% who do own a gun, most most of them are law-abiding citizens. I don't know what they think they're going to use that gun for. And one thing, hunting. I guess Michael's never heard of that. Um, and... People like to go to rifle ranges, target practice, things like that. But um, if you, he goes on to say, if you don't want a gun in your house, if you're afraid of somebody breaking in, get a dog. You don't need a gun. You have a greater chance of harming yourself or others in your family with a gun in the house. So get a dog. That'll certainly keep a guy with a gun out of course I think you're going to end up with a dead dog but it's it is crazy do away with the second amendment well there's a lot of controversy over gun laws now for sure given the mass shootings we've had and I'd love to hear what you think about it give us a call at 800-969-9352 if you want to comment on it but the whole thing is trying to come up with a gun laws. So many of the gun laws basically take the guns away from the law-abiding citizens, and the only people that get the guns are criminals, crooks, because they buy them on the street. You can even make guns now. And the people that end up with them, again, the bad guys get to keep their guns, because nobody knows they have them, and the um, good guys have their guns taken away from them. Well, Dave Lagaretta's here, too. We forgot we got him. <laughs> you can't open a place without Dave here. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, it's 5, coming up on 5-11, and let's check in now with John Thomas and traffic. 
Quick Takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. At 14 after 5, Chris Trickman is here from the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, a bipartisan group of senators has crafted a plan to reduce gun violence. The agreement includes enhanced review for gun buyers under the age of 21. It also includes incentives for states to enact red flag laws. And the Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut took to Twitter to lay out other provisions of the deal, including billions in funding for mental health and school safety, as well as first-ever federal laws against gun trafficking. Yeah, those are fairly practical things. I mean, this seems to be reasonable adjustments to gun laws. And uh, I think as long as the Democrats and Republicans can agree, I think that uh, they can come up with something. I mean, looking at mental health, which is really a major, major problem. And as we were saying earlier, just aren't going to keep guns out of the hands of the bad guys. Yeah, the key here is they have to get the 10 Republican senators in the Senate to sign on Yeah, because of the filibuster. So you need 60 votes. And as of right now, it appears they have that kind of support, but there's still a long way to go, Jack. I mean, they got to get this thing uh, finalized and, and actually passed. I don't think any, either of the Florida senators are going to support it. And it also is being criticized by... Uh, Democrats and and people who want tougher gun safety rules saying it really doesn't do any of the things that President Biden laid out in his speech uh, you know a few nights ago it doesn't include universal background checks it doesn't increase the age required to buy assault style weapons uh, and it doesn't include any ban on guns either so some people say that this is just sort of uh, you know window dressing and won't really change much of anything well there are People that say in regard to that, you can't buy assault weapons until you're 21, mm-hmm. 18 plus can't. Uh, critics of that say, well, you mean these kids can at the age of 18 go serve their country and put their lives in danger and yet they can't buy a, a weapon at a store? And that makes sense, but again... They just need to find a middle ground here uh, because you've got the strong gun proponents and uh, the anti-gun folks out there working against each other, and we just have to find a middle ground, and that's going to take some doing. seems like a majority of voters on this particular issue this time around want something to get done. Whether uh, this will satisfy either side will be uh, the big question. Yeah. So the House committee investigating last year's attack on the Capitol, they're holding a second public hearing today. Democrats say it'll focus on the false narrative that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. It'll also focus on the charge that there was a broad effort in multiple states to throw out the results of the 2020 presidential election. So, you know, we had our first hearing on Thursday, and now they're going to have several more, including uh, the first uh, of several more this morning. Yeah, I, I just do remember that uh, Trump, although he's going to be blamed for this in a big way, but he did end his one speech right before all this happened with, make sure it's peaceful and patriotic. That was the line that ended it, make sure it's peaceful and patriotic. Now, he did say some other things that may have promoted it a little kind of uh, riotous acting, but... Um, Looked like there was selective interpretation at that speech by the crowd, right? Yeah. Some people chose to pay attention to that, and then a, a large number did not. Obviously didn't, yeah. yeah they're they're and, the ones that got charged. You know, and the thing they keep saying, everybody keeps saying, is um, that they were saying that the election results were inaccurate and all of that stuff. Right. And nobody knows for sure, really. I mean, several states have found that, yes, there was inaccuracy in the vote counting and everything and i mean we don't know really and everybody just keeps saying it as if it's hard true fact it's because they want it to be hard true fact but nobody knows for sure i mean chances are it was valid uh but again we've seen in several states a thorough investigations into this in which they found 
that there was vote buying and all kinds of of shenanigans that went on in the voting uh, area. Well, the the problem is that's what the courts are for, and in ninety percent of these cases, no one's uh, had the had the nerve to actually declare voter fraud. I mean, they go to court and they they actually don't actually they don't declare that. Yeah, they just say there were irregularities. And in all 60-some-odd cases, the, the, the cases were thrown out because these people couldn't bring forth any evidence of fraud, and that includes the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah. So, you know, unless you're going to bring the goods, it's not going to count. That's true. So the Lightning looking to three-peat as the Stanley Cup champs. The uh, Lightning defeated the Rangers 2-1 to one on Saturday night, so they advanced to their third straight where they'll take on the Colorado Avalanche, and that begins Wednesday in Denver. Now, Colorado had a record of 56-19-7. They had 119 points. That was second best in the NHL this season. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a tough, tough road for the Lightning. But you know what? They've already beaten three teams with 50 or more wins this season. It's not like they can't do it. And they have the experience. They have shown time and time again that being the champion. Yeah, is... Avalanche won the Western Conference 4-zip. They did. Uh, and they're going to be tough, undoubtedly. But as you say... The uh, Lightning has the experience and should be ready to roll. Yeah, never doubt the heart of a champion. And as they say, until you can knock the knock off the top dog, the bolts are the champs. So we'll yeah. see if Colorado has what it takes to, to make it happen. But so far, even when the, the Lightning were down, uh, they, they find a way to come back. I mean, they won oh, four yeah. in a row against the Rangers. Yeah, they were down two zip and ended yeah. up, like you say, coming back and winning those four. and winning the series four games to two. And let's see, the first game will be Wednesday. They play out in Colorado Wednesday and Saturday, and they'll be home next Monday, a week from today. Yeah, yeah well, the, obviously the Avalanche have gotten a lot of rest. And the Bolts are getting a few days here as well. So I think it should be uh, both teams will be ready to play. We'll see what... Uh, We'll see what the Avalanche have on, on Wednesday night for the for the Bolts. Yep, we sure will. So you go to any movies this weekend, Jack? Uh, nope, didn't make it. I watched them on TV. but <laughs> So Jurassic World Dominion was the top movie in the U.S. It knocked uh, Top Gun oh, Maverick really? into the number two spot. Yeah, dinosaurs are back. Well. This time they're just running all over the place. Uh, it used to be they were at some park, right? Now now yeah. they're just you know running through the streets. Everywhere. That's right. I and, hadn't even heard of that one. Yeah, <laughs> Son of a gun. Well, it's like the third and a second trio of movies. Uh, I liked the first Jurassic Park movie when it came out, I think, in 1993. But, you know, honestly, I think all the ones afterwards were kind of dumb. Yeah. But you know what? Dinosaurs sell, and every time these movies come out, it's always a big deal. So big enough to... Dinosaurs. Yeah, 143 mil in its opening weekend. So that's what a lot of people have been watching. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Dinosaurs are going to be rich. That's right. That's right. You know, they they have a pretty strong union, Jack. Those yeah. Guys. Well, Chris will have more coming up here in uh, at the bottom of the hour, and it's five twenty-three. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And in for Katie is Jason Berenger this morning, and. What's trending this morning, Jason? Thank you, Jack. Well, let's start with uh, Toby Keith revealing on Sunday that he has stomach cancer. The country singer is 60 years old and said he's been receiving treatments for the last six months. Mm. Uh, He said in his statement he's looking forward to spending this time right now with his family, but hopes to see fans sooner rather than later. Well, let's hope so. That is a horrible thing to have, stomach cancer. Hmm. All right, also trending, Sunday was the six-year anniversary of the tragedy at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. It's considered the deadliest attack in history against the LGBTQ community. A lot of people making a point to make sure that is not uh, those events aren't forgotten. In fact, uh, after the Rays postgame last night, when, the, when Rays manager Kevin Cash was talking to the media, he brought it up at the end of his postgame comments that we do not need to forget what happened and that his hearts were with the people who were, uh, were tragically affected that day. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, that was a major tragedy in the sixth year anniversary, as you point out, and they used that as an opportunity to push for better gun control, too. So, um, anyway, that's what's trending here. Thank you, Jason. 
And we got some more of today in history for June 13th in 1927. Aviator Charles Lindbergh got a ticker tape parade up Fifth Avenue in New York City. 1944, World War II, German combat elements reinforced by the 17th SS Panzer Grenadier Division launched a counterattack on American forces near Carantan. 1966, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Miranda v. Arizona that police must inform suspects of their Fifth Amendment rights before questioning them. And that's colloquially known as Mirandizing. In 1967, U.S. President Lyndon Johnson nominated Solicitor General Thurgood Marshall to become the first black justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. 1977, convicted Martin Luther King Jr. assassin James Earl Ray is recaptured after he escaped from prison three days before. 1983, Pioneer 10 became the first man-made object to leave the central solar system when it passed beyond the orbit of Neptune. In 1994, a jury in Anchorage, Alaska, blamed recklessness by Exxon and Captain Joseph Hazelwood for the Exxon Valdez disaster, allowing victims of the oil spill to seek $15 billion in damages. 1996, the Montana Freeman surrendered after an 81-day standoff with FBI agents. 1997, a jury sentenced Timothy McVeigh to death for his part in the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing. 2005, the jury acquitted pop singer Michael Jackson of his charges for allegedly sexually molesting a child in 1993. And finally, in 1898, General Nelson A. Miles sails from the port of Tampa to Cuba. And that's our Today in History for June 13th. It's 541, time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 544 on AM Tampa Bay. And from the uh, WDAE, our brother station down the hall, it's Tom Krasnicki from the uh, Ronnie and T Crash Show. I got this right. Yes, sir, Jack. I Good morning. Make sure, I got it. Yep. I see you got your lightning hat on. Lightning hat on. Lightning extraordinary run continues. Four victories away from a three peat, Jack. I was at the game on Saturday night. Just an extraordinary atmosphere, both inside the arena and then outside. You have hundreds of fans out there in the plaza watching the game. So. It was just a great time to be a Lightning fan in downtown Tampa. And what an extraordinary effort. I mean, the Lightning came out. I mean, it's hard to bet against this team being down 0-2 to the Rangers. Rangers had all this momentum, and then they totally flipped the script and won four in a row. And you had a great game out of Mikhail Sergachev in game number uh, five. And then you had Steven Stamkos, of course, with the two-goal effort on Saturday night. He was great. Yeah, my old buddy Steven (laughs) and... uh... Yeah, like you say, we went by there up on the Selman Expressway, and it was was wild down there, and it was incredible. It was a great atmosphere, Jack, and, you know, the Lightning have a true home ice advantage, unlike any other team. I mean, the team they're facing in the Stanley Cup Final, Colorado, also a very good team at home. So this is going to shape up to be one heck of a matchup between two very good teams. Colorado, very good team. They had the best record out west. They have an extraordinary uh, player, Nathan McKinnon, a great line. They have Kale McCarr, who's one of the top three or four defensemen. But the Lightning have a decided edge at goalie. Andre Vasilevsky has been phenomenal. Oh, and unbelievable. Colorado's got some issues back there. They've got some injuries, too, a goaltending. So the Lightning have a real edge there. Yeah, and, uh, of course, Colorado won its series out there for zip. So who will be favored in this thing by the oddsmakers? Well, Vegas and Caesars has Colorado as a slight favorite in the series, but... I'm not betting against the Lightning, Jack. I think Vasilevsky is tremendous. I'm going to take the Lightning in six games here. Yeah, I like that. 
Good prediction. And the Rays kept from being swept by the Twins with a big six to nothing victory yesterday. Yeah, look, I mean, they've got um, they they got a really good performance out of Jeffrey Springs, a guy who's normally a reliever, but he stepped in because of some injuries. He's done a really good job as a starting pitcher. They still have some injuries, Jack. I mean, Wander Franco and Brandon Lau are out, so offensively at times they're having trouble scoring runs. But this is what the Rays do: they stay afloat until some of these guys can get back off injury, and then they'll turn it up a notch or two after the All Star break. I expect that to be the case. But now they got the Yankees coming up after an off day today. Yeah, now they'll be playing up there, right? Correct, yeah. At Yankee Stadium. And uh, they look, the, the Yankees have been outstanding so far this year. I mean, no question. They've got the best record in baseball through uh, 60 games at 44-16. and 16. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a tough one. And let's see, when do they get back home? Uh, I guess they get home after the... Uh, Yankees series that would be next weekend. Yeah, next weekend, and then uh, you know they've got um, actually they'll be in Baltimore for a couple of more games. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Baltimore then, series with the Orioles over next weekend. Yes. So, and then they'll come back home. They'll take on the Pirates next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. Yeah. Here. Well, that's good to hear. And let's see, they're off tonight, aren't they? Yes. They got an off day tonight, and then uh, big series with the Yankees coming up beginning tomorrow night. So big matchup there. Oh, and the uh, let's see the games at the Avalanche Wednesday and Saturday. Is that right? Yep. Wednesday they get started game one, and then Saturday be game two, and then next week Monday, Wednesday games three and four here yeah. at Emily Arena. Maybe we'll end it then. <laughs> I I hope so. I don't. I would be very surprised if they swept Colorado. Colorado's a really good hockey team, but I think it'll go six. And I think at some point, Jack, you're going to see Braden Point in this series. I think he could have played if that series would have won seven. I think he would have played Game Seven against the Rangers. I think you'll see him Wednesday. Yep, let's hope so for sure. And T. Crash, Ronnie and T. Crash show down the hall at. Uh, WDAE, and that's at 95.3, if I got it right. Yes, sir. You're, you're right <laughs> on target, Jack. 6.20 a.m., and thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate Have a great it. day, buddy. You too. It's 5.49 on a.m. Tampa Bay, and we're going to check in now with traffic with John Thomas. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 5.52, and joining us right now is Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter. And, Rory, we're hearing, uh, well, a new survey that uh, two years into the pandemic, most people do not want to work from home. And people would rather return to the workplace. Uh, does that make yeah, sense? Good morning, Jack. You know, over the last six months, more than 90% of people in these surveys kept on saying, really, 92% last time in March, uh, they would say they'd prefer to work from home. But something has changed. So the latest survey by Bank of America Global Research has that number dropping from 92 to 68%. Maybe it's because some kids are now home from school for the summer. Uh, but, uh, you know, clearly there's a big mind shift in how people prefer to work. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, well, we got to work from home during the pandemic, or some folks here did. But uh, nevertheless, I yeah. uh, prefer to be at work. Well, and, and that's you're not alone in that. And a lot of people say, you know, when you ha when you work from home, then that means you're always at the office too, right? I mean, maybe you have uh, you're, you're lucky enough to have a your office in a se in a completely separate room, but every time you walk past that door, you're thinking of work again, right? As you or as you see the computer that's set up on the kitchen table that's now your temporary workspace, uh, again, you're you're just feeling as if you're always drawn into work. And that can be very tiring for people. But it's funny because flip the coin, we just heard from the CEO of Starbucks last week who said he's begging his employees to come back to the office, and they're refusing. Uh, you know, so more of them like the work-from-home model. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the CEO of Starbucks isn't a nice guy to hang around with. How do you work from Starbucks from home? 
Well, these are the executives, not the. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. I think the guy that makes your coffee has got to show up at the office. Yeah, but, well, uh, uh, yeah, for, for all the Starbucks executives, call us uh, and we'll tell you how to get to my time. house so I can give you your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they could figure that out. That'd be something. That's that's crazy. Oh my lord! Somehow even more expensive too. But it's interesting that you know maybe it depends on the industry or or your specific role. But I think the the main message two points really to make of this. One, working from home is also not perfect, right, for a lot of people. That's not the perfect solution. Uh, and the second thing is, it looks like in the future, it's going to be all about flexibility, you know, maybe in the office two, three, four days a week, uh, but clearly spending, uh, having more of a mix of time of working in an office and working from home. Yeah. Of course, in Canada, they're going to a four-day work week, and uh, a lot of people are saying, we ought to do that in the U.S., I don't really see that. Well, I, okay, I didn't know they were doing that in Canada. I saw they were doing that in, some, uh, in downtown London or something. Was, was switching. Maybe it was. Uh, yeah, wow. maybe it was London. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I think it was London trying to help with the traffic situation as well, trying to shift to that four-day week. Hmm. Yeah. And one other quick thing: uh, Did you get a chance to see any of the rallies for uh, gun control over the weekend? Uh, yeah, quite a few of them um, you know, across Florida, across the country. A lot of those uh, kids who were uh, the survivors of the Parkland shooting uh, and March for Our Lives uh, helped to stage a lot of those, especially a big one there in Washington. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's going to go on for a long time now as they try to reach some kind of agreement on what kind of gun controls or what kind of changes in gun laws are needed. Yeah, it looks like they brokered some deal that includes a version of what we have in Florida called red flag laws uh, yeah. to sort of let you intervene, sort of like those similar to what the, those injunctions they have in domestic violence cases. But, uh, yeah, it looks like they brokered a deal. We could get a vote this week. Yeah, we've, we've got pretty good gun laws in Florida for sure. Well, Rory, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. And this report brought to you by the Oncology Institute a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. There are six locations across Tampa Bay, so make an appointment at the oncologyinstitute.com. It's 757 on AM Tampa Bay. Security. From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. AM Tampa Bay with everything from the tendentious to the teradiddle. We've got you covered here at six minutes after six. Jack Harris and Jason Berenger in this morning. Katie will be back tomorrow and Berlander off all week. But we got you covered here for sure. First of all, we got some birthdays to celebrate today. Bob Fialo, uh, Kelly Satley, who is a nurse, David Deem, Scott Scorncheck, Stephanie Hayes, who's a columnist for the Tampa Bay Times newspaper, Alan Barrett, Adam, let me see if I get this right, Wojcik, hope I pronounced that right, Adam, Adam Wojcik, and Mike Mirabella. And happy birthday to Bob, Kelly, David, Scott, Stephanie, Alan, Adam, and Mike. And we got a couple of uh, bad jokes for the day here, too. Why did the skeleton decide to stay home from the school dance? You want to take a crack at that, Jason? I have no idea. Well, he had no body to dance with. <laughs> what part of the chicken can you make music with? The drumstick. I don't get this. What is the most musical pet? Oh, a trumpet. A trumpet is the most musical pet. Um, why are Saturday and Sunday the strongest days of the week? Because the rest of the days are weekdays. 
And what do you call an alligator that breaks the law? A crocodile. <laughs> and what do you call an alligator that makes a living solving crimes? An investigator. Let's see here. What does the ocean say when greeting its friends? Nothing. It just waves. And what did the beach say when the evening tide came in? A long time no see, S-E-A. <laughs> These are getting worse and worse. we got to get some from Ben Ritter or from George Carl. Hey, by the way, George Carl... Uh, sent me an email here, but uh, as he points out, other than the drive-by or gang-related shootings that occur, the huge majority of mass shootings happen in gun-free zones. The gun-free sign, he points out, is an invitation to those sick people who want to shoot as many people as they can because nobody is armed to stop them. And he says, let concealed carry permit holders keep their concealed weapons on them. And he makes a good point. They do do these mass shootings at places where almost nobody is armed, and you know nobody's going to be armed. It's 610 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. In the darkest times, he is a beacon of hope. When common sense is needed in a mad world, a voice for Americans, a voice for America. This is Lionel on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. At 614, it's the reason we love Mondays, because that's when we get to hear from Lionel. And Lionel, what's on your mind this morning? You know, Jack, a lot of people... Uh, look to evidence, indicia, indications of yet another example of the collapse of our collective society. And last night there was this yearly, completely irrelevant thing called the Tony. Tony Awards, and some people watch, some people don't. By the way, award shows are over, as you probably know. Every year they just collapse in terms of nobody cares about this. Oh, yeah. But here's to give you an idea. And this is something which, for those people, maybe if, if you're interested in traveling or coming to New York, Jack, um, if that's your name, which it's not, full <laughs> regard, but that's another story. The, what people don't understand is that, how, that uh, Broadway is dependent upon tourism. Wednesdays, matinees, you see the buses. People from Jersey and around the areas and the outer boroughs and... The folks on vacations, and they want to see, you know, um, Hamilton, that stupid, historically irrelevant show. But anyway, but they want to see stuff that's just kind of fun, you know, see a play. And there, there is something called the magic of Broadway. Well, there is a militant group, it's always been there, of, of, of Broadway, the producers and some of the actors, but this intelligentsia, the cognoscenti, <laughs> who believe that Broadway is about pushing stupid agendas. Like, for example, here's one. Uh, this one, I'm not going to mention the name, but this is a show about a young man who, 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 who comes to grip with his gayness. And he, and he once and for all admits he's gay, and it's a musical. Now, I don't know about you, but first of all, the subject matter is not exactly novel. And number two, who wants to see this crap? Who wants to come? What family member from Iowa says, come on, kids? They're just, they don't understand this woke, agenda-driven, wear a mask, do this, pro-Biden. And they're dying. It's over. Everywhere you go, it's over. Jack, on the cover of every newspaper, if there are such a thing, they're turning on Joe. They see the writing on the wall. They see what's happening. And they're trying one last gasp. One Hail Mary. One Doug Flutie move. One swing for the fences. Let's <laughs> give it a shot. Because this is over. Now, in the meantime, it's going to be years to undo all of this stuff. 
But, Jack, in the history of our country, and you go back oh, to the Coolidge administration, if not before, <laughs> you know, remember, Jack, when we thought Jimmy Carter was the worst president anybody ever saw? Jimmy Carter oh, was yeah. Lincoln compared to this. Yeah. Who was the... Remember when we thought that Dan Quayle was the stupidest man because he spelled potato incorrectly. Do you remember that? Yeah. We thought Dan Quayle... And he became a Dan joke. Dan Quayle is Niels Bohr compared to Carmelita Harris. We are seeing right now a world that nobody's ever seen. Every... Jack, tampon shortages. I know that affects you greatly. <laughs> Sriracha shortages. Uh, uh, there's going to be rolling blackouts. They are getting... The country ready for what will amount to revolution. And as we speak today, I've got it from inside sources. There's a bunch of folks uh, that were planning certain protests in D.C. today, and they're being told, stay away, because of the known cavalcades, the onslaughts of these anti-Supreme Court violent folks coming. Everybody knows about this. They know this. Okay, we're getting emails. Don't go near here. It's like, screw that. You can go there. Meanwhile, they will jump on somebody who was, quote, a white supremacist group. Four or five people, the Proud Boys. The DOJ and the FBI will leave no stone unturned. But when it comes to organized BLM slash Antifa-esque groups of people, hell-bent on violence and destruction, and everybody knows it, they look the other way. It's... I've never seen anything like this. Take bad. You know, it's terrible. I don't want to bring up cancer analogies, but you know, they have stage four, you know, stage one. And, and, and people say, well, there's no stage five. I don't know what stage we're in, but if, if, if the best thing happens in midterms in, in November in 2024, it will take decades to undo what has already happened. And the people yeah. who are already there, this shadow government, this cryptocracy, that is, they're already in place. So if Ron DeSantis becomes president or if Trump comes back, nothing's going to change because all of these, these fetid, feculent, horrible, rancid, contaminated people are already in place. Oh, That's a yeah. great way to start off Monday, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. great? It's going to make you want to go out and just take your life. It's but, always great to hear from you. What do you want to plug, by it? the way? How about those rays, huh? I'm sorry, about that. sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. You're into the you're into hockey, right? You're a hockey guy, right? Oh yeah, hockey. we're into the hockey now. Do you remember that? Do you remember when Phil Esposito came one time? Oh yeah, Chris Thomas. Phil Esposito was talking about the great erection ceremonies they had. You remember that? When I was there at FLA, he talked about we had a great erection, and I and, and I and Chris Thomas and I were just howling. <laughs> it was it was there, and it was when it was when talk radio was dangerous, Jack. Not that yes. this isn't dangerous. I mean, this is very dangerous. Well, but we, I mean, we got to run. Old days when we could actually say things. We got to run here. Go out and mix it up. <laughs> but uh, you got to check out Lionel for sure. And I love Mondays. And Lionel, we'll talk to you next week. Um, and at YouTube at Lionel Nation. Jack, on behalf of a grateful nation, thank you so much for everything you appear to do. Thank you, sir. YouTube at Lionel Nation. Yes, indeed. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 625, and we're joined now by Noam Layden, our NBC News radio reporter. And, Noam, of course, we had the uh, hearings into the January 6th events at the Capitals. Uh, that's going to be resuming this morning. And it looks like they're going after Trump now. Well, that is right, Jack. Uh, good morning. The um, Today, the committee is going to reveal information about how the former president's political machine used uh, the lies about the election results to drive fundraising. So they brought in hundreds of millions of dollars between Election Day 2020 and January 6th. And then testifying is going to be mostly Republicans today. So you'll see uh, former Trump campaign manager Bill Stepping. He'll speak. Uh, Chris Steyerwalt, that, uh, that name may sound familiar. He was a former political editor for Fox News and came under fire from Donald Trump and supporters after Fox News was the first to call Arizona for Joe Biden in November of 2020. 
what are the chances that, uh, well, he gets convicted, and if he does, what would happen? I mean, would he have to do jail time or fine, or what would it be? Well, you know, I don't know that we've ever really gone there in American history, so I don't know exactly how it would work, but you you definitely have people who are saying that there's enough evidence here. So you have uh, for, uh, California Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff, who was on this committee, who is no Trump lover, says, look, we are going to lay out this credible allegations, evidence. We have mountains of evidence, thousands of witnesses we've spoken to, and uh, he says there's criminal activity on the part of the president, and he says when these uh, hearings are over, they're going to hand over all that evidence to the justice department he says hey justice department what i see here there's enough to indict the ex-president and if he is indicted it's going to be interesting to see what the punishment would be uh well you know your guess is as good as mine where this would go uh if the justice department even takes it up obviously i guess they're going to look at this information there's a lot there there's mountains of evidence uh we haven't even seen it all this is only day two uh it starts 10 o'clock this morning and uh they have not really tipped their hand about what we'll see but they say it's all compelling um they're going to piece it uh slowly piece by piece so it all makes sense to american viewers who will be tuning in well i just remember the end of the speech he made right before this happened january 6th he said, and remember, be peaceful and be patriotic. But I guess he said some other things that weren't so peaceful, and that's what they're trying to get him on. And, Noam, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Noam Layden, our NBC News radio reporter. And coming up a little later on, we got Jay Ratliff, our day trading expert, as the market's been slipping a little we'll see what he has to say about what's going to be happening now it's 628 on am tampa bay so apparently told police he ran from the attack because he was afraid the video would go viral yeah i think that's a little more like it um a lot of people are going to have trouble with this self-defense theory james anastasio is the dope of the day oh definitely so and this guy needs to well, due time, really. I mean, that was crazy. Just attacking somebody because your team lost. That's basically it. I mean, knocking him out cold, too. That's, uh, yeah. that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. And, I mean, obviously there are certain things they can charge him with, uh, battery and assault and things like that. But um, that is just ridiculous i mean it's crazy by the way the man accused of shooting and injuring another guy outside the westfield brandon mall on friday has been arrested um the hillsborough county sheriff's office said it arrested curan deandre johnson he's 18 years old and while he was driving a stolen vehicle uh deputies say johnson and another man were arguing near one of the kiosks at the mall shortly after 4 p.m., and they took the fight outside, and that's when deputies say Johnson shot the other man and then took off. And um, the mall was placed on a brief lockdown after the shots were fired, uh, and the victim was taken to Tampa General Hospital with fortunately non-life-threatening injuries, but... Johnson is facing charges of attempted second-degree murder, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, and simple battery. And you've got to wonder what the argument was about. But needless to say, this guy is going to be in a lot of trouble anyway. He's driving a stolen vehicle, and this guy is only 18 years old. That is just tragic for sure. We got Jay Ratliff coming up here in a minute to uh, talk about the market and what we can expect today when it reopens. It's 640, and here now is John Thomas with traffic. For economic growth of less than 1%. Uh, food, as we've discussed before, up 10% year over year. Energy, 35%. Natural gas, up 141%. Oh, wow. And gasoline, up 91%. I mean, there's literally no good news uh, within any of this. 
unless there's the this, uh, kind of a remote uh, chance that some of this is starting to peak and fall back a bit. And, and that's one of the reasons that we're seeing that uh, the Dow continue to trim, uh, S&P dropping as well, because the fears over, okay, are we at a point now where inflation is really going to start taking over the driver's seat? And, and some would suggest it already has. Yeah, this um, is kind of scary, the inflation and, of course, that's uh hits the average consumer in a big way all of a sudden his groceries cost so much more we know of course how much gas is costing more and what's responsible for this anyway well i mean the 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 thing that brought about inflation had a lot of different uh contributing factors and of course the pandemic fueled a lot of it when we came out of it with uh um, the uh, supply chain shortage where we were having a difficult time getting uh, products to the shelves for consumers to buy. So as a result, we had fewer of those items. And, of course, Economics 101, as you know so well, the fewer that you have of something, the, the more value that remains for those that, that's there. Uh, we've seen it, and unfortunately that's the case. And then you add on top of that the fact that these businesses, those that were able to be strong and courageous enough to survive the pandemic, uh, come out of it, we start to see the uh, return of normalcy across the country. Now, oh, now all of a sudden, excuse me, surprise, uh, you can't get enough workers to uh, take care of businesses as usual. Uh, restaurants that were, were very anxious to get back to 100% seating capacity found out they could only do 50 60% or do so on limited hours. So when you have fewer employees, that raises the cost of business, which, of course, is then passed on to the consumer. And one thing after another, Jack, it's it's like every surprise that we have around every corner is a bad one. And the unfortunate reality of it is if we continue on this trend, and there's certainly uh, no indication that we're going to turn the corner anytime soon, we're talking about something that could go through this year, even into next year. And, of course, you have people on both sides of the fence saying that the market is about to make this dramatic turnaround, and you've got others that say that the recession is going to continue. And even though I, I really kind of stand back from making any of those kind of predictions, we can see what the causes are. The causes are very clear. And I don't see an immediate turnaround on a lot of those driving causes, causes that would create a situation where some of this would start to get better. Yeah, I know a lot of the restaurants in particular uh, are having trouble staffing uh, and getting people to work, which makes it slower service and everything else uh, because of that. And, and, we, and it came out of nowhere because yeah. the, the whole idea was let's get past the mass mandate, let's get these communities and cities reopened. And, and a lot of these business owners, that's what they were just, just holding on to until they could get back to doing things as they did before. The problem was no one, including the airline industry and all these other service industries across the country, around the world really, uh, were prepared for the fact that when things got back to normal that a lot of people that started working remotely or not working as much were okay with that. And they found a way that they you know, didn't need that third or second job and uh, because they lowered their costs and different things, and, and they were okay with that. We're all creatures of habit. And when a lot of people got in the habit of not working or not working as much, they just stayed there. And we thought a lot of those people were going to come back. Uh, didn't happen, still hasn't happened. And unfortunately, that continues to make the cost of doing business even higher, which is what's driving so much of this craziness in the direction that it is. Yeah, by the way, one other thing, uh, going to restaurants and other places now we're seeing masks pretty much disappearing. Well, we are. Uh, you know, Sherry and I had to fly this weekend, and as we popped in and out of uh, Savannah back up to Ohio and back, uh, you know, I think we saw a few people that were wearing a mask. Of course, when you go into restaurants, you see it occasionally, and and obviously there, there's no problem at all with anybody that wants to wear a mask. And uh, it, 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 I like the idea that it's optional, as it should have been from the beginning. Um, and, you know, I think it's clear that the CDC overstepped their, their guidelines. That right now is the, is the court ruling until it's overturned that they did too much, which is, uh, good because I know when that monkey pox started up, the CDC immediately jumped up, started talking about masks, oh, yeah. putting that on their website. It didn't last there long. It was taken down pretty quick. Thank goodness. Um, I think because of the blowback with that, but, you know, right now we're in a state where a lot of people are just panicking over the fact that 
they don't know what to do with regards to what's going on with the market. If the market continues to drop for another several days, several weeks, a few months, whatever it might happen to be, uh, the problem is don't allow the, the panic of the moment or the people that are pushing the panic uh, to cause you to deviate from, from your long-term plans. Now, my students and I, yeah, we'll flip stocks 20 minutes and not hold anything over, so the idea of the long-term buy, hold, and pray isn't going to uh, uh, impact us. But for people that are planning on retiring in 20, 30 years that are putting their money into the into the market and other types of securities, uh, when, when stocks drop, they're going on sale. You're buying more of them. So it works out for you in the long term, which means try not to deviate or drastically change your plan of attack because, uh, you know, if you got cash on the sidelines, though, I would certainly, as we've indicated, recommend some patience because I think some of these stocks are going to continue to go on sale and go from there. And, of course, our friends over on the Bitcoin side, you know, when Bitcoin dropped under 49000 they said, well, here we go. It's it's a buying opportunity. And, and they swore once it hit 40, it was going to zip right back. This morning, pre-market, the Bitcoin's down to 24130 and continues to drop. So, I mean, across the board, there's all kinds of challenges that are facing people on Wall Street. And uh, just don't let panic drive the car and you're going to be okay. Well, you, before you invest, you want to go to daytradefun.com. And Jay will talk to you later this week. Looking forward to it, sir. Thank you. All right. 651 on AM Tampa Bay. And time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. IDC.com. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 655 on AM Tampa Bay. Um, and this is great for our veterans around here and We've got more around here than just about any place in the country. And Governor DeSantis signed six bills into law designed to support local military families. He did this on Thursday, clearing the way for veterans to enjoy better educational and career opportunities across the state. And the six bills include a measure that allows disabled veterans to get education costs fully paid for and another that allows state agencies to substitute military service for years of work experience, and that'll allow veterans to use their skills after their military career ends, and another one would allow uh, military service to count as education toward a teaching certificate as well as fast-track business application of veterans and their spouses. And he went on and said that, Florida is the most military-friendly state in the nation, and I'm proud to continue that commitment to our military members and their families by signing this legislation. That's a great thing. And again, we are a place that's full of veterans thanks to MacDill Air Force Base, so this is going to be great for them. What have you got coming up today? Well, we actually have our Military Mondays feature at 8.05. We're going to talk to the U.S. Coast Guard Air Station Clearwater Commander. Going to be in studio with us this morning. Oh, in studio. In studio, yeah. How's he going to be wearing a mask? Oh, well, <laughs> he, can, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> For sure. Well, all that's coming up, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up.